Hi, welcome to Dreams Recycle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Ann. And today we're going to talk to an expert in her field. Um, her name is Yvonne Hyman. And she is a business efficiency consultant. And we're going to kind of talk about this because there's a lot of people during their divorce who were self-employed who have their own businesses. And divorce or any kind of loss, as Yvonne knows, um, really kind of derails you, not only in your personal life, but in your professional life too. So she's an expert in this area and we're going to talk to her on how to stay on track through the most difficult of times. Welcome. Thanks. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you because I think it's something that obviously is specific to people who work for themselves or work in uh, big companies, but you know, that's becoming more and more the norm. And, um, and so I know you personally have suffered loss of a loved one, not in the divorce form, but I know you lost your husband and, and I know that you've recycled your life and we applaud you for that because it's, it's very difficult under any circumstances or any adversity. And I know you, that you live a positive life and you believe in positivity, which is kind of what this is all about. So why don't you kind of fill us in on what you do and why it's so important to you? So a few years back, I lost my husband to cancer. So my life was completely derailed. And having gone through a divorce a while back with my first husband, mm -hmm. um, I saw when we both talked, I saw that correlation of no matter what it is, if it's a loss of a loved one, if it's a lo loss of a partnership or anything, we tend to go into a situation of, that we haven't been before, where our brains aren't working, where we have to spend time on things we never thought we would have to spend time on. And the first thing that usually falls off the deep end and doesn't get the attention that it should be getting is our business because life is throwing so many things at us and not even thinking about the emotions that comes with all of that. Mm -hmm. with, with divorce, the, the anger that might be happening, the, oh my God, this is not the life I had planned for me, the, the sadness, not even just dealing with those emotions, but being able to take care of the paperwork, potential mm -hmm. movement, and just all the time you have to spend on anything else but your business is taking so much time away from your business next to just being in a brain fog state that makes... A situation like that really difficult it is it's very difficult i i always say like i'm sure the average person until you're forced to have some kind of adversity in your life you don't realize how many uh balls we actually have in the air at any given time in our life whether it's family friends relationships um work the practicalities of you know mortgage insurance whatever and when one thing kind of falls i think it kind of creates us to drop everything all right and then you get into that state of, okay, I'll take care of that tomorrow. And then those things of, I'll take care of that tomorrow start adding up. And then you end up in that overwhelm. And often enough, we end up doing nothing at all because it's so much we are supposed to take care of or have to take care of. I think that's true. I mean, I definitely found found that like there were there was a period during my divorce where I literally felt like paralyzed. Like there was so much stuff to do that I could not physically do anything. And whether it's avoidance, whether it's 
you know, like depression. I don't know what it is, but I, I talk to a lot of people and I think a lot of people feel that way. They're just so overwhelmed into inaction. And it's like, heck, I'm teaching people how to do this and I still have days in between where I just want to curl up in a ball, go in the corner and not do anything just because I didn't follow my own advice. And mm -hmm. it just gets to a point where you just have to do it. What, what mm -hmm. I do at that point, when I really get back into that overwhelm of feeling where it's like, oh my God, I have to take care of all of this. And then I'm somebody, I want to take care of it now. Mm -hmm. not tomorrow or I schedule it for a week down the road. The clients are often fine with that, but me, myself, I want to get it done now. So what I have found works great for me is a really simple solution of really just taking a piece of paper, putting a big cross right in the middle. So you have four pieces mm -hmm. and starting to sort out what I need to do by its importance from top left of important and has to happen now, mm -hmm. top right important and can happen later. Bottom left is then later and not that important. And anything that fits in bottom right of later and really not important just drops off the back end where mm -hmm. I had to learn of really being able to also let things go. There are things that we have on our plate that we don't need to take care of calls. We don't have to make birthday cuts. We don't have to send. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it all. You can be yourself and you can just let things drop off. Yeah. No, and that is brilliant advice right there. That when you're under so much pressure and you feel so emotionally exhausted from the grieving that you're doing in any form from, um, from the university, that you really like learning to say no, learning to let things go has to be the biggest thing that you can do or one of them, right? Things that I do, things that I say yes to either way, feed my wallet or feed my soul. Mm -hmm. So if I know it's going to do something for me where I can help somebody coming onto your show, it's not going to feed my wallet and I'm totally fine with that, but it's going to feed my soul because hopefully somebody is going to listen to that and get a solution for their problem out of it. Mm -hmm. That's how I make my decisions of, am I signing up for something? Am I going to do something? Even my relationships fall into that category of having associates that can bring yeah. money into my door or that feed me as a soul that can mm -hmm. help me recharge my battery or learn something new or whatever it is. Yeah, because I think, um, I always say I've never met a divorcee who wouldn't help another divorcee or somebody who has been through adversity wouldn't help somebody. And, and I think partly, because I do this every day too, like partly I think it's like our payoff for helping other people is actually huge, right? And so, so that's a brilliant. So, so you either feed your soul, if it doesn't feed your soul or feed your wallet, you don't do it. And there was, um, there was one book that really helped me reiterate that in my head, um, the life changing insight of not giving an F. <laughs> okay. I haven't heard that, but I will check it out now. Cause I love that. It's a short little book, love it to pieces. Um, don't care much about the writing in itself, just stick with it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's great to really look at even family. Mm -hmm. Who of us doesn't have a family member when we're like, okay, do I really have to see them for Christmas? Mm -hmm. But it reiterates of 
it's fine. You don't have to get along with everybody. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't like kids. I'm not going to interact with my girlfriend that I love to pieces, Mm -hmm. two kids. And that's her focus that much right now, just because I come home after a meeting with her and the kids, I am done for the day. I am (laughs) exhausted and my energy level is down. And I used to feel bad about it. I used to feel guilty about that and we don't have to. No, and it's, um, I think it's one of the four, uh, what's it, four agreements? No, that's not right. Is it? Um, Four agreements, I think it is. Oh, I'm blanking whatever it is. But the one where they say nobody cares, right? It kind of reminds me a little bit of that, that, you know, we're at a point where, we worry so much about what everyone else thinks and we worry so much about how it looks and how they feel and what's going to happen and what does that mean. But really in the bigger scheme of things, if you don't make it to one Christmas dinner or you don't go see a girlfriend and her kids because you're stressed out, it really doesn't matter. And on on the bigger scheme of things, people really don't care. That We spend more time analyzing our own stuff and Mm -hmm out what if and if people like us than anybody else does Mm -hmm. happens with business it's heck I had so often moments where I'm like why did I do this why did I do this trade why did I tell that person I'm gonna help them I actually don't have the time between my clients and I finally got to a point of telling them hey I I really can't do it I'm sorry I know I promised it, it I just can't and I felt really bad about it and they didn't have a problem with it. It was fine. Mm. They just wanted to know, hey, I can't put time into this right now. And they were all good. Well, I, I, no, I, I ended up spending weeks worrying about it rather than just ripping off the Band-Aid. Yeah. And I, I felt like I did that. So I was a stay-at-home mom for my three children. And I was one of those annoying PTA moms who like did everything and made the brownies and like crazy, whatever. And And it was a big thing. Like, because you're like become these go-to people, you know, somebody needs juice boxes, somebody needs decorations, somebody needs this. And you like, yes, 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 yes. And they're so used to you saying yes, even when you get divorced, they don't understand that you might be dealing with something else. And I like, it was, it was one of the most stressful parts of uh, my divorce was learning to say no. And I vividly remember when I like said, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. And you feel like a little bit of this ego, you feel like, oh, no one can, function without me right <laughs> it is but really like you said nobody cares and it it's really doesn't matter at the end of the day none of that stuff is that important that it should cause that much stress and negativity in your life yep and that's where i just yeah. don't give an f sometimes about <laughs> some things and i'm just And I'm somebody, I often call myself Mother Teresa. I always want to help everybody. Mm -hmm. I have that helper mentality. It's it's just me. I do it. No matter if I'm angry with myself afterwards or not, I am that. And it's an ongoing learning experience for me. I still fall back. I still say yes once in a while to things that I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, things are coming to back around until yeah. I finally learn it. Uh-huh. I get it, but we are the only ones that make ourselves feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. People don't have the time to spend on worrying about why we said no. It's like, <gasps> cool, okay, I wish I have 
I wish you could have helped me with that, but I'll move on. And that thought often is done for them at that moment. Yeah, no, I agree. So, so let's say, so imagine me, so, or I wasn't working, but imagine a divorcee and they've got divorced and they have this company they're running and they've made their list of what's important, what's not important. And they're trying to kind of shuffle through that. So how else can they become more efficient? One thing that feeds into being more efficient, but also when you are in that brain fog state where it's just hard to think in general, is having your processes in place. So if somebody is in that right now, it's going to probably be a struggle. So finding a day where your brain is working, Mm -hmm. but also for planning for the future, getting your processes down, which is pretty much just a task list with subtasks. Mm-hmm. What are those things every day, every week, every month that repeat itself that going to happen over and over again and get them written down? Mm-hmm. First of all, when you are in brain fog, you don't have to think because you have your list right there. One of my favorite tools to do that is actually Asana because I can have my to-do list. Oh, right uh-huh. yeah. Subtask. I can email to-dos over there, connect things, all the nerdiness you can think of. Mm-hmm. And I can set them also as task repeat. So in businesses, I need to, to get my times over on the invoice and bill my clients. Every end of the month, that automatically pops up and I get a little reminder telling me. Mm-hmm. But what getting those processes down and written down also means it helps you clear your brain of having to think about what you have to do because it's right there. It helps you bring people on to help you. Hiring a VA the first time around is painful because you are bringing somebody in that doesn't know their business, that doesn't know how do you do things. If you have those processes in place already, mm-hmm. it's easier to bring them on because they already have that to-do list right there. Mm-hmm. And also just saving the time, it's, it's right there and you can revisit it. Mm-hmm. How often do we write a blog post and we forgot the matching Instagram image or mm-hmm. we didn't do, do the matching YouTube video or cover picture with the blog post or we forgot right. that little tiny thing in between. Mm-hmm. Building those processes out and having your to-do list has all of those little tiny bits and pieces and you are not sitting there just having worked an hour to realize you forgot something. Mm-hmm. Well, and I have to say, I mean, I think there are a lot of business that you can actually recycle content. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I didn't, never did and didn't realize till recently, you know, the chances of your content, the same people actually seeing it, you know, two times in a row, two years later is probably like zero, right? If you look at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or whatever it is. You can take that to the next level. Okay. So- Part of my website is I also pull information in from people. I either way have uh, some guest bloggers on or I do some listicles. So one topic, one question, and I have multiple people submit their tip to that topic. Now, that means we have one big blog post, just on the example of a listicle, seven people on there with their tips to a topic. Now, you can take that take the image that I used as a cover image for the blog post and I use different parts of it. So I, I go closer into the image and just use a different piece of it. 
mm -hmm. as a square image. Now I grab from the first tip, just one or two sentences, use that as mm. a post on Instagram with the closed in image yeah. and then link it back to my blog. Now I have seven people on that means I at least have seven different short versions of a tip mm -hmm. and I schedule those out on Instagram and just use a little bit another corner of my image. I don't even have to use a new image on Instagram for that. Mm -hmm. And purpose is like that. It even when you use video, oh, yeah. repurposing is even bigger. Um, mm -hmm. When I build content, I start with the video because I can extract the audio and make it a podcast if I ever decide to run a podcast. You can cut those videos or podcasts down in short snippets. So mm -hmm. rather than having the 20 minutes, you take one short lesson out of it and make it a two or five minute piece in audio or video. Mm -hmm. You then have somebody transcribe it and make it a blog post. And you then again, funnel information out of it and make it social media posts and link all back right to the same content. Mm -hmm. Suddenly yeah. you made one video into one blog post into easily 10, 15 to 20 social media posts. No, and that's a great tip, right? Because content is king. And as we said, you know, I don't think there's any business that runs these days without content. But what about, let's talk about, um, so that's a great tip, by the way, but let's talk about um, people who have hard time delegating. You touched on this a minute ago about having a, a VA, or let's say you work in an office and you have, you know, other people on your team or other people report to you or you report to other people, whatever the situation is. Like, I think it, it kind of becomes a sign of weakness if you feel like you're falling apart in your divorce and then you also feel like you're spreading almost your problems onto anyone else. So how, how can we get over that kind of concept? You're talking to a control freak. The first <laughs> time I brought on a VA for myself uh -huh. was painful. And I had worked with a team before with, uh, when we do web design or social media, I've worked with a team before. Mm -hmm. so it's not that I haven't done that before, but bringing on a VA for my own business, for my own baby. Oh my God. It was a mess for two months. Mm -hmm. Um, out of that experience and bringing people on what I can say it's it is really a learning curve it is teaching yourself as well as teaching your VA what can make it easier is definitely having your processes in place and as detailed as possible I get to the extent of this is how I want my Instagram layout to look like this is where hashtags go. This is the icons you're going to use. This is how it's built. Um, and going at it out of a point of explaining it to a child. Mm -hmm. you got to tell a child that the horizon is blue. They don't know till they taught. And that's how I get into my explaining my processes because even though we bring somebody on and to us, it is standard that you do in Gmail, use this tool to make something happen. And it's just normal for us. That leads us often into the expectation that other people think exactly like we do and they don't. Right. So having those in place as clear as possible. And then what I do um, before I start working with people, I know what I 
expect for my people. I want them to be able to run with things by themselves and deliver even if I don't give them a deadline. Those are my two things that I care about when I work with people. Mm -hmm. And they run through a test with me. They get an assignment that is not troublesome, that is not on a deadline, that doesn't have to happen in a certain way. And I just let them run with it. And if they do not come back in their own set deadline and in a common deadline, I won't even hire them because Mm -hmm. I want them to have that certain drive to work with me. So when you bring somebody on, don't necessarily go just after their technical knowledge and their resume. Make sure you click with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite nerdy. My language is colorful and I'm German. There is <laughs> misunderstandings that can happen. Yeah. So there is a certain personality type that I really click with and that they that understand me just because we say the same thing doesn't mean we hear the same things. Mm -hmm. So really test and, and go for the personality type that matches you. Yeah. And then it's just, you're going to have to fight through two months. If you're a control freak like me, letting go of things is not easy. And it's just like teaching a child. Mm -hmm. Those people need a chance to learn how you work how you think and what you want them to do. And it's just going to take some time, just fight through it. I promise you it's worth it. Well, and I do think, I do think sometimes the people who have um, one of the bigger challenges through adversity are people who have like an alpha personality because they really do. I'm not saying I'm alpha, I'm medium alpha, let's say, but, <laughs> but um you know, we really do or can think that nobody else is as good as us or smart as us or do it right or whatever. And it's the same thing. It's ego. It's not that they can't be taught to do it and you can't explain it, but there's a part kind of to that that we have to let go as well, I feel. And like, I've been working, I have an amazing VA. I love her to pieces, But being the control freak I am and being as picky as I am, I will see that dust crumble in that corner that nobody else sees. And I know that about me and I know it is painful for people Mm -hmm. to work with me because I am like that. Mm -hmm. I'm still teaching her and she is still up with me. She is still going with me. She puts up with me when I have a crappy day. So I know it is a struggle finding that right person and it takes, Mm -hmm. but believe me, once you get to that point, it is amazing having somebody in your corner, even if you are a control freak like me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not a sign of weakness, is it? I mean, actually asking for, asking for help is a sign of strength and also yeah. a sign of intelligence, right? If we're, if we're drowning and we refuse to ask for help, we're not the most sensible or smartest person in the room, right? So, And it's the only way you actually can scale your business. It's... Mm-hmm. Um, I admire people that consider themselves a solopreneur. I wouldn't want to do it. I don't want to work 24 seven. I want to be able to live live. I'm like, that's the biggest lesson that I learned out of the last few years. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. Mm. I love what I'm doing. I, I can get lost in my computer and systems 24 hours on a piece, not a problem. But I also want to live. I want to travel. I want to get those experiences that I'm here for. Mm -hmm. And you can just do that efficiently 
at some point on either way, bringing tools on board that help you save time. And that just goes so far because you don't want to look fake. Mm -hmm. So in the long haul, it means you're going to have to bring somebody on to be able to live life too and not just be your business. Right. Okay. So, so as somebody who is being through adversity, so on a personal level, not on a business level, what do you really think, you know, was it a mindset you used or what kind of things did you do to really kind of, I'm not going to say get over it because I hate that term and I don't think anyone gets over that kind of loss, but um, what did you do to move on in positive fashion? And I agree, you never get over it. It's always around. You just live with it. Mm. Um, for me, I was lucky enough with my late husband. He always had a smile on his face. So I was able to learn from him and actually have him as a mentor too. Mm. It did not matter how much morphine he had taken, how much pain he was in. He always had a smile for everybody. Mm -hmm. And looking at it, there were multiple situations where we were in what's called the infusion center. So you get fluids, medication, that kind of right. thing. The uh, and he always had a smile on his face. And believe me, the nurses and the doctors bent over backwards to make things happen for us. They referred right. us over to Stanford. We had seen doctors that other people have to pay millions for to just even get an hour of their time. Aww. And I put that back to that smile on his face, to our friendliness, to our way of helping others. Because on the opposite, I've seen patients in there the nurses didn't even want to deal with because mm. they were in such an anger moment. Mm. They didn't, the nurses didn't take it personal. It was nothing that they could do about, but that specific person I think of really was mean and angry every single day and nobody wanted to help him so doors that opened wide up for us were closed for him mm -hmm. and with that experience going through cancer treatment I kept taking that with me where if I have a mean day if I have an angry day I go in the gym and I punch a sandbag and I get that anger out to then be able to get back into a, it's just life. It's what happens. It's not fair. Nobody mm -hmm. deserves to get divorced or lose a loved one or any of that, but it just is. And then be able with a big smile of, Hey, I can do this. I'm strong. Mm -hmm. It's like looking back when I have one of those days where I fall back into this why me situation where I look back and it's like, I hate this phrase with a passion, <laughs> but it's true. Everything happens for a reason. Wow. I would not be where I am today and I would not meet the people that I'm meeting and I wouldn't have the same impact that I'm having if I wouldn't have gone through two years of being a cancer caretaker and losing my husband, I wouldn't have the same passion mm. about being efficient and, and setting people up with, with a secure business, with a stable business and helping them save time. I wouldn't have the same passion for all those things if I wouldn't have been through this experience. Okay, and, and that's brilliant what you just said. And I, I hate that everything happens for a reason too. But it, but it is in many ways, you have to kind of almost use that as an anchor 
mm-hmm. that you may not even understand at the beginning what the reason is or how this is going to play out because at the beginning you just like you know you're lost almost yeah. but eventually it will come to fruition on why how what whatever like i started my company you started your company and um and i've talked to you before so the listeners know that I, I somewhat know you. So, so you, you, last time I spoke to you, you were talking, which I think was something that nobody talks about, which is very obviously clever of you, but also needed is about, we should always have everything efficient for God forbid anything happening, right? Whether it's the loss of a loved one, the loss of a divorce, uh, of a spouse in divorce, you know, so can you talk a little bit about that? Like how that plays out and what we need to do on a practical level, what everybody should be doing? Cause we just never know. Um, one big thing that I had to realize after losing Pete and again, I was lucky in that situation that I had everything. Um, what happens to people if life really strikes do you, or even it just in a business sense, not even in an emotional and personal sense. Mm-hmm. What if your web developer is gone? What if your social media agent is gone? Do you really have all the logins? Do you really have all the information? Do you know where your website is hosted? Do you know how to get in there? Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that with Pete on a personal level, I was again, lucky enough to know exactly what he wanted. What are the decisions that I didn't have to make because he already made them for me and told me. So Mm -hmm. in in a situation of losing a loved one, having pieces in place that tell you exactly what that loved one wants to do to a point of with me, it was, do you want cremation? Do you not want cremation? Mm -hmm. What do you want to happen with everything afterwards? What do you want to happen with the business? taking it also into a business sense of making sure you have access to all your assets in, if something happens to your associates. And for me, I have a backup for my clients. There is somebody behind the scenes that if something happens to me, can access all my clients' information, can reach out to those clients, can get them the logins, can get them the information and everything they need so they do not lose their business if something happens to me. Because mm-hmm. I have clients that I, even after seven years message me of, hey, what's my password for that? Now well, imagine they couldn't reach me. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, you know, as a divorce kind of thing, I can't tell you how many divorcees I spoke to, including myself, who, who you know, in, in a, most long-term marriages, kind of one person just naturally takes care of all the paperwork and all the, you know, accounts and the insurance and the mortgage and the bank statements, whatever. But when you get into a divorce situation, if you both don't need and know everything that A is going on and where everything is, you're actually a massive loss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that will come back and bite you, you know, even if it isn't the worst case scenario. We should always have backups, like you said, like people or somebody we trust who knows where all our information is, where we keep safe things, where our accounts are, our logins to our accounts, in our business world, where everything is. Because you're right, it, it wouldn't take an awful lot. Obviously, you know, awful things happen every day. And, and we'd be leaving this, like, disaster. It's like, I can't even imagine if I would not have had his logins. Mm-hmm. I had access to everything. I had access to the bank accounts, to the Gmail accounts, to the client information and everything. 
now you end up in that mess of grief and you already have to deal with a lot of other things. Now, your stuff is supposed to be secure. So you can't just call up Google and say, I want access to that email account. Mm -hmm. Well, so that's the same for divorce. I think people don't understand that. Even as a spouse, every single company you speak to, even if your name is on things, right? If you are not the primary person going through a divorce when you're trying to get information, it is virtually impossible to get information. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, you know, retirement accounts, stocks, bonds, uh, whatever it is, they want to talk to the primary and, you know, God forbid if you're in a situation where your divorce is not amicable, this becomes like a whole nother nightmare. So I can only imagine in the loss of a loved one situation, if you don't have that, there's no way anyone's giving you any information. And there's an easy way when it comes to, to login information, that kind of thing. There's a program out there that's called LastPass that I use. Um, LastPass? LastPass, yeah. Like okay. your last password you ever going to use. Yeah, yeah. Um, LastPass.com is the, the most favorite feature in there that I love mm -hmm. is I can share login information with somebody without them ever seeing the login information. So for mm -hmm. example, if you're putting together documents and you're working on your online um, social security account for whatever payments or whatever is happening over there, mm -hmm. if I have worst case scenario, a PI that needs to get in there to get additional information or a financial advisor or whatever, I can my login information with them without them ever seeing the password. Ah, okay. So that's an additional nice feature when you are in the middle of things mm -hmm. and you work with multiple people to make things happen where that is a great advantage where you don't even have to give your own password mm -hmm. out, which is a security risk at that moment. You really can just share it per email. They, get, they just have to get LastPass 2. It's free and on their end. And they can log in and get whatever information they need to get from you or for you or collect. And it's right there without ever a security issue. So tell me, so, so I'm like a nerd too. So I love all the different apps and gadgets and God knows what. So, so what other um, apps do you recommend or use in your daily life to just make your life more efficient, whether it's business or personal? Oh my God, how many hours do we have? <laughs> <laughs> okay, my, top three. Let's go with that. My, my favorite on personal as well as business level is Asana, like we already have mentioned. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, when it comes to business and business marketing on a non-agency level, I am a fan of SmarterQ. Perfect to get your word out there. Um, if you are a blogger to repurpose your content, just because we were talking about that missing letter and there's literally an uh -huh. email thing in there. Yeah, we use that. Yeah. It's great to simply uh -huh. repurpose your content. And yeah, LastPass is a lifesaver for me. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I do consulting and web design. So working with clients on end, not having to remember passwords but also being able to do secure passwords because now suddenly you can do those weird passwords that nobody can remember mm -hmm. because you don't have to remember them. Well, and that's good, right? Because it's getting that way anyway. You know, it used to be, it had to be six letters, then eight, then a lower upper, you know, character. Da, da, da. And now 
whereas I used to old school use the same password. I know you're not supposed to, but use the same password for everything. You literally can't anymore. So I definitely are going to be checking that out when we get off here. Yeah, um, it has a combination. It pretty, LastPass pretty much takes care of, of the whole security. Little tip, just because I have everybody listening, is get your one-time passwords with LastPass. I have lost and, and couldn't get my master phrase in. So mass, uh, LastPass is using a master phrase. Mm-hmm. Rather than just one password, you just come up with a sentence that is your password. Mm-hmm. If you forget that, you will not get in. There is no resetting your password or anything. So there is a way in LastPass to get one-time passwords. It's kind of like pin numbers used to be years back to log into something. You get right. a connection of, I think, 10 different one-time passwords that if you forget your master phrase, you can get back in. Mm, okay. And it has a password generator in there. It's a little nice, cute Chrome plugin. I also have it on my phone. I have the pro version, so I literally can have it everywhere I need it to be. Mm-hmm. But one big pro tip, get your one-time password, save them somewhere or stack them somewhere where you do find them. What oh. about a tattoo? <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, that's what we need, a tattoo with our phrase on it so we can Uh-oh. get into our crypto like accounts that. and everything else. <laughs> But yeah, you definitely want to get those. I had locked myself out. I had to rebuild my whole collection and everything. Oh, no. no, that doesn't sound fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, Yvonne, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge today. You've been amazing. I'm sure that anyone listening has got some great tips for their business and how to deal with loss. Um, so where can people find you? So you can find me pretty much anywhere, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. The easiest way to find me on your outlet of your preference is just to go to askevie.com. That's A-S-K-Y-V-I.com. Because we were such tool nerds today, I actually got a freebie for your listeners. Um, If they go to askevie.com forward slash freebie, there is going to be a collection of my favorite tools. There's going to be my favorite physical to-do list. I build a nice mm-hmm. to priorities and a couple other things on there um, to help people be more efficient. Well, thank you. Thank you for your generosity. And I definitely will be getting off here and um, getting the freebie for myself mm-hmm. so I can stay more efficient in my business and personal life. But thank you so much for sharing your story and being a fabulous guest. And I wish you success with everything. And maybe we'll talk to you again. Thanks so much. And thanks for having me. Thanks. You've been listening to Dreams Recycle podcast with Tiffany Ann. Um, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week.